Hello and welcome to episode two of the Athletes Mindset. Today's guest has represented Great Britain at two Olympic Games and Scotland at three Commonwealth Games. She has won two European Aquatic Gold Medals and two weeks after we recorded this show, she went on to win two gold medals in the British National Diving Cup. On today's show, we have Scottish diver Grace Reid. Grace, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on, Grace. I appreciate you taking the time. Can you start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, I am Scottish through and through. Um, I'm a diver. I have been a diver for about 20 years now. Um, I've been to three Commonwealth Games, two Olympic Games and represented my country quite a lot in the <laughs> last sort of, yeah, 20 years of diving. Unbelievable. Um, and when did you find your passion and love for diving? Probably when I was about age five. Um, as soon as I started diving, I saw someone diving on a 10 meter board and I thought, oh my goodness, that looks incredible. Um, I'm desperate to try that. And the second I literally got in the water and jumped off a diving board, that was it. I was hooked. So that passion was genuinely instant. It was an instant love affair with diving for sure. That's unbelievable. Just one of these things you jump in the water and you're like, oh my God, this is for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did loads of sports when I was younger, but nothing ever felt as incredible. Or when I was younger, I used to say it was the closest thing to flying when I was little. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just epic. And mum was happy because then I was at least expending some energy and uh, being a bit of an adrenaline junkie rather than jumping off the sofa for one. So she was happy. Brilliant. And uh, during your early years, is there anyone in your career who influenced you in a positive manner? too many people to name probably um my coach was a huge influence when I was growing up um as a sort of role model but also just sort of inspired me to keep going and push through when challenges arose which was really important and that was instilled in me at home as well you know when things are difficult you don't give up you work harder you find a way um so yeah my mum my coach or two and my dad as well just yeah a lot of good people around me from a very young age yeah, that definitely helps having positive influences around you. And on the flip side, has there anyone had a negative impact on you when you were starting off your diving career? Honestly, no. Um, I think, fortunately, diving is a really great sport and it's quite small, which, again, it can be quite difficult when it's a minority sport. But because it was small, it's a very close-knit family. So you grow up with the same people and the environment around the pool is incredible. So to be a part of that, um, the people I was mixing with were generally really positive and everyone was there for the love of diving. So there wasn't anyone that really had any sort of negative impact, really. That's fantastic. So yeah. in the 2010 Commonwealth Games in Delhi, you were the youngest member of Team Scotland. Um, how did you feel in the build-up to that event? Um, it still feels really surreal when I think about it now. Um, a lot of it went straight over my head, as it probably should at that age. I think when you're 14, you don't really grasp sort of the enormity of a major games. It kind of just washes straight over you. And I was just happy to be missing three weeks of school, <laughs> um, traveling abroad, um, away from mum and dad. Like, that was really cool to me. Um, and then I think sort of... That's why I dived as well as I did. But I think afterwards, when I got back home, um, it kind of sunk in a little bit at 
you know the scale of what I'd done but at the time it was really just fun and just just loved every second there was just no fear it was just pure joy just like going away on a holiday and just diving for fun exactly although I'm not sure when you go on holiday you typically bump into like a <laughs> vault in a food hall when you're 14 so yeah like claims to fame in that sense but um it was so surreal and even now it does feel kind of a bit like a daydream it feels like it didn't really happen that's awesome and you finished six which is a brilliant achievement um and you kind of touched on this what was the sudden change in your life after returning from Delhi um the expectation definitely changed once I'd gotten home I think that was such an incredible performance and I sort of put the bar there and consequently that was where everybody else and myself sort of thought I should be operating now so that was a huge shift and I think the level of performance expected to be finishing and those kind of rankings um, does require a different kind of edge and different volume of training. Um, so it, it did definitely change sort of the fun aspect. It became quite professional quite quickly. Um, so that was quite an adjustment. And also I think this the seriousness sort of meant I was less normal, I guess, when I came back, it was less okay for me to maybe miss a session here and there to you know go and be a 14 year old and go with my friends to do something so that was a huge sea change when I got back for sure oh definitely it's life changing for you right and um so when you come back how did you cope with that pressure and how important was it for you to have a, a strong support network around you yeah, I mean, a lot of the pressure did definitely come from myself and my own expectations, um, as it often does with people. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing was physically coming back from that. I was so unwell. I think going through that was such an ordeal at such a young age and no one had really prepared me for what happens afterwards to go back to training and just go back to school. And, and I was unwell for oh my goodness, like weeks on end, just picked up every virus, every cold, just couldn't get back to any sort of level of basic fitness. Um, and then mentally that really gets you down because then you're not as good as you were in the pool because you're just run down. So it was a real battle to try and find my feet again. Um, but the expectation was still sitting there regardless of the fact the training hadn't been there afterwards and, and mentally I wasn't really enjoying it in the same way. So that they didn't really marry up. So that was incredibly difficult to manage. Um, and I think having, like you said, a good support network was instrumental to sort of carrying on. I mean, there were definitely times after Delhi where I did not want to dive anymore, um, just because the enjoyment was gone. So a lot of good people around me reminded me why I love the sport. My coach being one of them, she kept it fun and kind of got me back involved and loving it again. And actually, that's probably why I carried on. Yeah. Did you find it difficult balancing your school life at Watson's and then the diving life being only being 14? Yes. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up, yes. Um, it, look, I think when you have sort of a lot of exposure on or in sport from a young age, you do become very good at time management. You become very good at self-discipline. Um, all these skills, they're incredible. But at some point, the work just has to get done. So something has to give. And usually it's sleep, which then makes you tired to train. And and, and it just it's such a vicious cycle. So it, it's incredibly difficult. I still struggle with it today and I'm 25. So I'm better at it. But it, it is one of those things that to have the really high rewards, it it does definitely play yeah it does play its part in making life very difficult sometimes trying to get the balance right 
I can only imagine. Um, so again, in 2014, you competed at the Commonwealth Games. After that experience you had in 2010, did you feel more prepared coming to these games or did you feel more pressure on your shoulders, especially since it was in Scotland? An interesting one. I think mentally I felt incredibly prepared for Glasgow. I think I was loving my sport and loving what I did. But about three months before Glasgow, I dislocated my shoulder. So physically, I was in a really poor situation. Um, I couldn't do half of the dives I was meant to be doing, which was so frustrating. But part of that was almost starting with, I guess, half a body so (laughs) so actually again like it it changed the expectation and I think that's partly why I was able to relax and enjoy it and again like the results were really good so there's something to be said for almost managing that expectation and channeling it into something that's positive um, and setting it that it's just enough to push you and challenge you but not so high that it's constant disappointment and becomes really like a huge weight on your shoulders yeah, so going into that dive, you were in the silver medal position and you were poised to get Scotland's first medal for the first time in 56 years. Um, and you said previously you'd never really look at the leaderboard and you were in your own bubble listening to music. I can't remember the song. But um, do you always prefer to know where you stand in leaderboards or not to prefer? And if so, why? Previously, I would have said absolutely not. I prefer not to know at all. And then in the last sort of four or five years doing synchro with other people, they've been more inclined to look at the scoreboard. Um, so, and, and then sometimes you just can't help it. I mean, sometimes it's yeah. literally in front of you and you've, you've seen it by accident. So now I, I, it wouldn't throw me as much. Um, I think my preference still is just not to see it. It's yeah. just a bit of a distraction, but I think that is a great example of the less you know, the better it is, the more you can just concentrate on the job at hand. Um, And that was definitely one of those times. And I wonder if, you know, my last dive was really good. um, But had I known that, maybe it wouldn't have been that good. So I I don't know. Um, I'm happy I don't have to find out. But (laughs) yeah, possibly. It's one of them, right? You just you just never know. It's exactly. the, pre- the pressure, or you better more relaxed. Um, so before a big event or a dive, what goes through your mind and how do you mentally prepare for that dive? Um, visualization is a huge thing um, that I've done in recent years. I think sort of before I go up, that mental sort of stimulus sort of prepares my body to execute. Um, And usually when I'm on the board, just about to go, I become quite still and quite blank and actually it becomes much more automatic. So for me, sort of clearing my mind is more helpful than thinking about a lot of things. Less is more with me. So it's actually probably a harder task to switch off and think about less than it is to think about lots of different things. I find if I've ever done a dive really well and usually it's, oh, what were you thinking about? And then the answer is, oh, nothing. They hate the answer, but but it's true. Um, the less you think, actually, sometimes when you remove the brain and you just sort of execute the way you know you can, it becomes very simplistic. Yeah, you don't want to overcomplicate it, right? Exactly. And in a sport like ours, where the margin for error is just so small, um, it's it's just so difficult um, to hit, you know, a perfect dive. So when it does happen, you almost think, oh, how, how do you replicate it? But there is no magic recipe. Um, but thinking less is definitely steering you on the right path for sure. And then when a, a dive doesn't go perfect for you, how do you control your emotions to perform at the highest level for the next dive? with great difficulty (laughs) um 
It's hard. I mean, I think the way people have described diving is it's like five penalty shootouts. I mean, it's it's you've got to hit every dive to be in with a contention. Um, and it's so easy to sort of miss a dive and to regroup again, sort of clearing your head and sort of being one dive at a time. It's not the whole thing. It's one individual dive. Um, and whether it's good or it's bad, it's kind of the same process of just, okay, acknowledge what it is and then move forward, like reset. What's your routine? What's your structure? And just go back to that um, every time, whether it is good or bad. Yeah, back straight back to the routine and hopefully it goes well the next time. Exactly. Um, so in diving, the training and discipline required to achieve elite status is extremely intense. Has there been moments in your career where you've struggled with the demands mentally or physically? I know you kind of touched on it earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our sport is very similar to gymnastics in that um, the training that we do is incredibly punishing on our body just because of some of the positions we're in. And um, again, like the skills we have to execute to be perfect. Um, it is, you know, it's a judge sport. So there's an element there. Um, and I think that judgment is also sort of plays in with the whole mental pressure that comes in with our sport as well. Um, the training itself, I think, is easier. Um, maybe that's just because I've been doing it for so long. But um, yeah, the demands physically, they, they are really hard. Um, and I have gotten used to it now. Um, but that being said, it, there are days where it's easier and there are days where it's harder. And usually the days that are my hardest are where mentally I'm really struggling with it. Um, and there's nothing more frustrating than when nothing's going right. Um, and it happens more often than not because perfect dive is so rare that actually there's always stuff we're working on. So I think the physicality, I've done it for long enough now that I actually really enjoy that and I don't mind pushing myself and that's actually okay. But the mental challenge of being better and constantly chasing perfection, which I'm not actually sure exists, um, is really hard. Um, and it's still something I'm working on. Do you think chasing that perfection keeps you going every single day? It's such a tricky one because I do think I am a perfectionist by nature, which I think is probably why I've defied a lot of physics that I'm five foot seven for a diver, which is massive. Um, and I got told I would never be able to do the dives I'm doing and here I am. So I think that is definitely a huge motivator in some contexts I think when that becomes overdone it can be very quick to be quite detrimental and quite negative um, it's very easy to sort of slip into a pattern of not good enough not good enough um, and where do you draw the line and it can become really like quite toxic with yourself of just never never accepting that anything's better um, so that's yeah, it's sort of, I guess it's the flip side of the coin and it is a blessing yeah. and a curse. But if it's managed properly, I think that sort of drive for perfection is something that can be incredibly useful. Yeah, brilliant. And trying to prove people wrong is always great as well, right? Yeah, it's a funny <laughs> one. I don't know why. It's so it's so bad. Uh, maybe it's just the stubborn element of me. But yeah, being told I can't do something, I feel much more inclined. Um but again, like I think there's something to be said for having that sort of internal drive as well. It's great if, you know, other people sort of can bring that out of you, but I wouldn't rely on it too much now. 100%. And um, you travelled the world at such a young, young age, spending long periods of time away from home, um, away from your family and your friends. How difficult was that for you? And 
being an athlete and trying to maintain a healthy social life? Yeah, it, it is really hard. And fortunately, like my friends and my family are so supportive and they're incredible about what I do and they just they get it. And a, a lot of my friends have done or have been involved in elite sports, so they appreciate it. Um, and again, like it's the flip side of that is when I do come home and I get to see them, they can really appreciate, um, I suppose, what I've been through. Um, so they have an understanding that maybe other people wouldn't. So I get the best of both worlds, really. Um, it is really hard, you know, when we're on the road and there's a nine hour time difference and you really just would love a home cooked meal um, and someone to do your washing rather than <laughs> washing it in a sink with your roommate. But it does. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. But I think long stints away, I've tried to start taking bits of home with me so that my own pillow things like that that just yep. try and make it feel a little bit more homey but I'm not totally sure they're working <laughs> but they're better than nothing that's it right little things make a big difference sometimes exactly and uh what about for like your friends and they're going partying going on holidays is it hard for you or was it hard for you to separate yourself from your friends and did that add any unneeded stress to your life when I was younger yes when I was younger, it was really hard because that's sort of the age where you think, oh my gosh, I just want to be included. I just want to be like everyone else. And I nearly left the sport because of it, um, because it's really lonely and it's an individual sport as well. It's not even as if I'm part of a team where at least when I go to training, there's 10 of us on the board at once. It's, it, it is really lonely. Um, but I think the penny finally dropped and it was like, well, I could sort of stop and go and party and go into town and drink and do all those things but actually I've gotten a gift and what a fool I would be to waste that um, or an opportunity so that was ultimately why I was like no I do I want to see where this goes and actually that far outweighs missing out um, and actually because of it I have a sort of second family in diving um, and we're incredibly close particularly this last year um so I guess just found friends elsewhere that maybe just understood the demands a bit more so I did often feel I was missing out but now I feel I've got way better than if I'd stopped so it was definitely worth it <laughs> yeah I think you're definitely reaming the rewards of not hitting the town life with your friends and I think you do start to gravitate towards the people who push you forward yeah, and exactly. your friends, you said and, and I did, and I you just make time for those things. I still think it's important to switch off, and I'm not a diver 24 7, and yeah. I'm allowed to go out, I'm allowed to have nice dinners, and all these things, and they're really important just for like human grace. Yeah, <laughs> um, you often gets neglected, like that is one of the things with elite sport, is it just becomes so centered around the athlete, you forget they're a person first, so it's just as important now for me to make time to just go and do things that I really enjoy as a person that have nothing to do with diving. Yeah, finding that balance, right? Exactly. And, and in 2016, you team up with Tom Bailey at the European Aquatic Championships. Teaming up with Tom, who's a poster boy for British diving, did you feel any added pressure partnering up with him? No, not really. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, but he's so special and so gifted and he diving alongside him was, you just really wanted to do well. It wasn't pressure. It was, it made me elevate. I think being around someone that's just so on their game and so, I mean, like, he's just one of, one of the best athletes this country has ever yeah. had. Um, so to be around that presence just makes you step up. 
it doesn't you know I didn't shy away from that I went wholeheartedly into that and went whatever you think like yep let's do that let's do more let's do this um and just sort of yeah bought into the enthusiasm that he brought and yeah it was a great team yeah you won your first uh, gold medal with Tom at the three meter synchronized um you kind of mentioned before did he help elevate your game and if so how did he make you become a better diver yeah I think for me so he is one of the people that looks at the scoreboard and will have figured out how many points we need to win and I think I'm pretty sure like by like the third year we'd been doing synchro he was like right you need to get an eight and a half to count I need nine you need that and I was standing there and I was going first of all your math is incredible um and second of all um he's just like that competitiveness in him is it's off the scale it's it's so epic um and for me it was kind of a a different approach of like actually looking up and looking around me um so I've kind of done it both ways now and I think somewhere between them is probably my sweet spot but for him I think one of the biggest things he taught me was don't be afraid of it you know if, if people are chasing you it means you're doing something right if you know you're in the hunt for a medal you're doing something right it was it was just more of sort of an opportunistic mindset rather than oh my gosh I don't want to drop out of medals it was just such a different approach to the opportunity at hand and it sounds like you thrived under that not the pressure but that opportunity to work with Tom right yeah and and I prefer a bigger stage I always have I find like a domestic competition I find that really difficult to sort of get motivated and be at my best whereas I feel in a higher setting or a games or something where it is more serious and more pressurized and there's more riding on it I actually really enjoy that um yeah it's almost like a showmanship at that point so yeah um he definitely brought that out for sure and I know you're good friends with Tom having somebody like him in your support network does that help you when you're at games and domestic events knowing that he's got your back and believes in you yeah absolutely I think you know he's just he's so wise in the pool and out pool and there's not much that he doesn't know so yeah, he's great. And I think just he's been there and he's done it. So a lot of the things, you know, if I have gone to him and been like, I'm really struggling with this, he's usually been through it himself. So he's got firsthand experience. Um, and yeah, he's just like a great asset to any team. And he is, yeah, the reason that diving is where it is today. Um, and yeah, I'm sad if he's not carrying on. I don't know if he is or isn't at this stage. I was just about I was just about to ask you, is he carrying I, on or not? But... I don't have an answer. And every time I ask, I get something evasive. So I wish I had the scoop, but I do not, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, yeah, what I mean, whatever he does, he will be excellent, I'm sure. Just that mindset, I'm sure, will carry and translate into other things. There's no way it could fail to. Yeah, definitely. And then, then in 2018, you win two more gold medals in London and one in Australia. At this stage in your career, do you feel you're at your peak? And if so, why? Oh, I don't think I'd say my peak. I would say 2018 was oh, maybe my year. Like, I think I just found a really good chemistry of what was working, what was clicking, what wasn't, and just gotten such a good rhythm. Um, and actually, after that sort of snowballs from there, um, the pandemic kind of threw all of that. But yeah, 2018 was definitely a year that I think I just found such a good rhythm with my sport outside of the sport and just everything kind of found its way um, and everything just became super easy. Everything just was teed up and 
very it was it was almost as just everything would go right and this door would open it would just be super super easy yeah that's what i was going to ask you when um everything's going right in your personal life your family life your diving life your i know you're at school now and college is going well for you how does that impact your performance i think it's really reassuring i think previously i might have been daunted by it because it's almost oh there's something that's that's not quite right and there's almost that little bit that kind of changes the expectation slightly or lowers it a tiny bit but now I think if things are going right it's almost like that feedback that you're doing the right things you're on the right track so now when things feel like they're quite easy or oh yeah I feel quite fresh today or yeah that was way easier than I'd imagined I actually take a lot of confidence from that um and I think you can't fail to because confidence breeds confidence so it Definitely. doesn't take a lot to find it again um and yeah it can be a kind of just a snowball effect when it's one thing starts to go well and then it's it all just snowballs into one another what about the opposite if there's something not going perfectly right in your life and does that affect your performance or your training it has done previously i, I think I've, I've learned some pretty nasty lessons with that um but really important ones i think you're, there's always going to be something usually um, and things are going to crop up, things you don't expect. The games get postponed a year. Uh, like if, if it taught us anything, just you, you can prepare all you like and something can come around the corner tomorrow that changes everything. So you do what you can with what you have and it's who makes the best of it. So I think that approach is much more flexible um, and still allows you to plan and prepare as best you can. Yeah, so going into the games, um, obviously it was such a crazy period in the world um, with COVID. How were your preparations leading up to the event? And I read that you had to train in your parents' garden. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, fortunately, I like my parents did have a garden, whereas if I'd been in my flat in London, I mean, I wouldn't have had any green space. I would have, well, I wouldn't have been able to do any somersaults because I could have touched <laughs> the ceiling. So I was super fortunate that I could do some training. I think for me I never really appreciated how much I need social contact until the pandemic and I'm, I'm very happy in my own company but for me not being able to do my sport it, it, it's, it wasn't the same as being able to at least go out for a run which is your sport I mean we just we just didn't dive for five months I don't think I've ever had that much time out the water ever and I've been injured and all sorts of things but never have I had that long out the water so I came back really like physically fit in different ways um you know I could do about 50 press-ups I can never do that now <laughs> um so there were huge strengths but when I came back it almost just felt like a ticking time bomb of oh my gosh the games are this many days and this many days and it just felt like I got on a treadmill when we came back to London and restarted normal training and I put the treadmill at maximal speed and did not slow down and consequently, I think I burnt out very fast because you would if you if you took that approach. Yeah, do you think it was a, a physical and mental burnout as well during the during the pandemic and trying to get back out there with the stress? With the yeah, I don't I don't even know if it was the actual lockdown or when the switch went, but I really struggled with lockdown. I really struggle with the pandemic. Even now, I really struggle with it. Um, and I'm I'm doing better now but I think same for everyone it just changed the way we live and my whole life just kind of turned upside down and 
you had to readjust and everybody did and it was really hard and I found that really difficult and super disruptive just on a personal level let alone actual diving and then it never really returned to normal even now thing you know competitions are just being cancelled and all these things so I do think it was a physical burnout of I've lost so much time I need to train harder I need to train more and the mental burnout of I'm not where I was like I'm nowhere near where I was and I actually need to be better than I was so it just it was honestly it was just like chasing my tail and I just could not for love nor money find it it was so difficult I can imagine being an elite athlete how difficult that is and when the events get cancelled and postponed it must have been so frustrating but you finally get there and it was well documented about the restrictions of the games how hard was it to stay focused with the conditions of the games Focusing was easy because there wasn't anything else to do. (laughs) I mean, one of the biggest things we're warned about before games is don't get distracted. Don't go to the games room for four hours if you wouldn't normally do that. Don't sit in the dining hall for eight hours and eat pizza if that's not what you'd normally do. It's, It's stick to your routine. So to that extent, it was very similar to the measures we were taking back home. Daily testing, masks on we were in a bubble pretty much the divers um so that was relatively okay to focus and it was almost we actually didn't have anything else to think about that was almost the or i i found that was the problem we didn't we couldn't switch off it was just you were constantly thinking about the event you were constantly thinking about covid because you couldn't leave your room without mascot like all these things and it just was this constant burden in your head so and even that just mentally drains you um and and I didn't really appreciate that it might so I took all the stuff with I took like four books with me obviously had like Netflix and a coloring book I mean I had everything under the sun but for some reason the switching off was just so difficult to come by um and it was just so hard to ever forget about COVID it was so hard yeah, it's no, you just can't plan or prepare for it, right? It's, and there's no past experiences you can look into and go, oh, I've done this before. It was just out of the blue. Yeah, but then everyone was in the same boat and some people were fine. So I do think that you can absolutely manage that situation and be successful in it. I think if I could go back and do it again tomorrow, I would do it very, very differently. And I actually think I'd loosen the reins a little bit. not in terms of the measures to keep people safe I would obviously keep those in but when I was in my room almost making a conscious choice to go and do something whether that is make a dance routine with my roommates whether that is doing something stupid that is just completely switching off um, and just allowing that space for like the individual and the person because actually that was what suffered and then consequently the athlete's just not happy yeah definitely and uh unfortunately you didn't achieve what you dreamed of in Tokyo um, how did you feel once you returned home from the games I fell apart for lack of a better phrase I think the enormity of the pandemic of the last sort of two years of my life had kind of come to a head and we're just nothing close to what I'd even imagined it was loss it was grief it was I mean, I just hit an absolute, I I hit lowest I've ever felt. It was horrific. And 
credit to my friends and my family and the people around me that picked me up and helped me put myself back together and um, and yeah it was it was really tough I took a lot of time away from the pool um and I wasn't totally sure I wanted to carry on at all um I just kind of fallen out of love with the sport which is heartbreaking to think about because I've done it for so long and it's been such a huge part of my life but I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I mean, loads of the fun bits are traveling and seeing your friends and doing all of that. And all of that was gone. And I thought, well, if all of that's gone and I'm not enjoying it, why bother? So it was really, really tough when we came back. Um, and I think last time when I came back from Rio, we had Freshers Week two weeks after, or I can't even remember. I think it was in the second year, but I had like loads of stuff going on and it was uni and I almost didn't get a drop. And this time around, you come home and it was like, oh, the, are the Olympics on? Like, it just kind of felt they hadn't happened because we were so far away in this bubble that it just felt so surreal. So, again, it was almost as if the hardest thing I've just been through, no one can even appreciate. It was just a really lonely time. And um, you just mentioned your friends and your family were great for you. Did you just have to completely switch off from diving and the games and and just get back to being a not like a normal person, not an elite athlete. Yeah, I wasn't a very good person, like day to day. Even I just didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to leave the house. Wasn't particularly interested in food. Just had kind of really lost enjoyment in a lot of things. Um, and yeah, I switched my phone off. Just went super back to basic of like I'm going to walk the dog today, and it just sort of again snowballed of actually maybe like I should walk the dog with my friend and like started to let people in and let them help and they were incredible when they did and I was like oh actually I don't need to do this on my own so was it more baby I, more baby steps for you getting getting back to normality yeah so simple simple going out for dinner which I was terrified to do during covid because I yeah. didn't want to give the team covid so just the joy of just being in someone's company I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, so yeah, I think there was a lot that I did after the games I'd been avoiding or not able to do just to keep the team safe, to keep myself safe, um, that I wouldn't change, but I was hadn't appreciated how much I'd missed it when okay. I finally got a chance. I was going, how did you get back in the pool? What, what inspired you to jump back in and say, you know what, I'm going to give it another go? <laughs> it's funny, actually, I... I said I was done. I was like, I think, I think my time's come now and I, th I think I've had enough. Um, but we had a sort of change of like the coaches that were around and certain people weren't training. Um, so it was going to be a really different environment. And I think, I think it was Dave at the time said to me, just come along and see, like we're doing like fitness. It's fun. You love that kind of stuff. It's really not diving. I was like, okay, like I'll come along and see how, how it is. And day one, I was like, I didn't hate it and then day two and I was like oh, I actually quite enjoyed that a weekend I was like I cannot wait to go to training on Monday morning I was like ah okay um but actually just kind of hatched a plan which was probably more important I mean don't get me wrong like the feelings around the sport are important but I'd lost all sort of plan and control and preparation that actually when I made a plan for what if in my ideal world what I'd like next year to look like I made that and took ownership of that and was less passive in that process and I was like oh I feel like I've actually taken back some of this control and then was like 
I can throw myself into this now because I've taken ownership of this, which is so cool. And I'd lost a lot of that. So now I'm loving it. Like was, feel the way I felt maybe when I was 18, 19. I was going to ask you, what, what did you learn from that experience? Obviously you were at rock bottom and you've picked yourself back up. You're back in the pool. Can you relate to those experiences now? And Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think I can speak about this now and not feel sad, yeah. which is like really quite, yeah, I think that's quite an impressive thing. I'm, I'm probably one you wouldn't have believed if you'd seen me a couple of months ago. So that's epic and it's growth. And I think sometimes it, it, you have to get it really wrong. You have to mess up and, and there, there is no shortcut. And things were really good for a really long time for me that I almost thought, actually, this is a reminder that you've not got this all figured out. Like you have a lot, I have a lot to learn still. And, it, you know, just in diving, but personally, and I think, yeah, now it makes me stronger. It makes me wiser. I see things now and I'm like, no, I'm not going down that road again. No, I'm struggling with that. I'm going to go and speak to someone about that. I'm not just going to stay quiet and just carry on down, down, the, bam, uh, down the path. So it's a much more active choice of how I handle a situation now, which it wasn't for a while. Um, and that's really cool. How does British Diving help with that? Do they provide support networks for you, psychologists? Yes, we're going through a restructure at the moment. So it is really difficult. Um, our access isn't the way it normally would be or has been in the past. I think we're in the process of getting some new people in. So again, like lots of new people is like opportunity to work with different people, which I love. Um, but I'm fortunate enough a couple of people at my uni or through the uni I'm accessing like some psych support um you know nutrition we've got strength and conditioning so we have got the support networks there it's just it's making the team all work together and like all the individual pieces can be there but it's actually making sure everyone is on the same page and I think now I'd put myself in the center and have everyone else sort of around and on board with like the plan I've kind of come up with. It feels a much healthier way to do things. And previously I've kind of just, or last year in particular, I've just sat back and sort of let them run the show, which can easily happen. <laughs> you watch it happen in other sports with other people, but I didn't realize at the time, but now being in the position I'm in, I'm like, oh my goodness, I relinquished every bit of control of decision-making just kind of became super passive and that's just not a good headspace for me to operate in. So yeah, now it's much more of like a team dynamic, group decisions, adjust as we go, be flexible because pandemic can come back yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, and, and you know, I'm 25 and feel like an absolute grandma of the team. But again, <laughs> the stuff I learned in this last year and a half in particular is invaluable yeah, and I'm sure sick. it will serve me oh 100% and then um, do you have any advice for maybe any athlete or just person who's going through a difficult time right now I think one of the biggest things that someone said to me was if you were if you had a friend that was to speak to you the way you're speaking to yourself would you be friends with them and if the answer is no then something's not right. Then you, you're not being kind to yourself. If, if you wouldn't like someone speaking to you that way, then you definitely shouldn't be speaking to yourself that way. And I think that relationship you have with yourself, knowing that foot on the gas, keep going, keep pushing, 
it can be great but actually sometimes the best thing to do is stop stop listen ask for help be kind be gentle compassion is strength I think we're just so quick to let that bit go um so yeah I would just encourage you to be kind to yourself as much as you possibly can um don't get me wrong push yourself when you can but also know when to stop perfect no that's great advice and then just a couple more Uh, the world's influenced so much these days by social media um, how do you feel when you see a negative comment about you or have you witnessed any other teammates in diving going through a hard time due to comments made on social media? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's out there, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's rife. <laughs> Fortunately, I've not had anything too bad personally. Um, I'm very reserved with social media. I, I think it's great when it's used properly, but I like to take breaks from it quite often. Um, just sort of sign out for a week or whatever. I just think it's really good for me, my, uh, my mental health. Generally. I done eight, I done eighteen months. It was the best thing I ever done. So many people I know did it, swore by it. Um, and I think credit to you for doing that. I think I think it's it's tough, particularly for athletes, because so much of how we interact with the fans, younger athletes, is through social media. And I would think it'd be such a shame to miss that opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I like to think that if I post a video of me diving, there is a little girl somewhere thinking, oh, maybe one day I could do that. That's kind of why I do it. Um, I'm not that fussed about the rest. Maybe I'm just old. I don't know. But I don't have TikTok. I'd, I'm too old for that, I think. <laughs> Neither do I. I'm too old for it. Um, I think they can be great. And I think I... I feel so bad when I see things or comments about other people that I wish people would just stop. But then I also know that, yeah, it, it's so easy to say not being in it. So I feel it's really hard to comment. But when I see people going through it, it's just so difficult and it's, and it's just so easily done and throwaway comments and it, it's really easy to happen. So yeah, I'm a little bit mindful of it. Yeah, it's just people hiding behind the keyboard at the end of the day. Yeah, it is. And it's sad that it happens as much as it does. But, you know, I think going forward, it's just trying to find that balance of using it to be positive because it can be so epic and so influential in such a positive way. Um, But just making sure that it protects the people that do use it as well. I think there's got to be a balance. Definitely. And you just spoke about trying to inspire young athletes. What advice would you give to a a young diver out there who's looking to make it in the game? Oh, I don't know what I was coaching earlier and I'm thinking what I was telling the kids earlier. <laughs> probably they'd probably say I'm horrible. I'm far too hard on them. Um I think if you just try and enjoy what you're doing, you can't actually go that far wrong. Like if you're enjoying it, you're gonna work hard. If if you're not enjoying it, it just becomes so difficult, be it a job, be it sport, be it your exams whatever it is do something you love and it genuinely becomes so much easier and also you're that much likely to stick when it is hard it's really hard to stick at something if you're not enjoying it I can speak to that (laughs) (laughs) my exams I can speak to that (laughs) not enjoying the school and it's oh no here we go (laughs) oh it's just certain modules I just would rather not take again but I passed statistics so it doesn't matter Sir, a pass is a pass. <laughs> That's it, right? Just get the just get the pass, and you're all good, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I, just keep trying. Yeah, I said to my kids, if you're having fun, you're enjoying it, you work harder, then you improve, and it's just a it's just a circle. 
It is. It is. But I think there was, I had this comment, who was I having this conversation with the other day? I actually think it might have been Tom, but I don't remember. Um, that we were saying there's also, there is that element of keep working hard, keep working hard. But at what point do you appreciate when the hard work actually isn't giving you anything back? So it's almost like work smarter. Yep. Like I think figuring out a different way around a problem. I mean, I, I'm hopeless with like maths. It's just not a strength. It's really, I have to work much harder at it. But I figured out that I'm a much more practical learner. So just worked around that way. And like, I've figured out certain things in diving. I'm absolutely, like, I'm so slow. Like I'm genuinely, like my speed is not something I'm very good at. So we've just figured out other ways for me to become fast. Yep. Um, and you, you just figure out other ways and actually it's really rewarding figuring out a different way around a hurdle. It's really fun. Yeah, think smart, not fast, right? Exactly, exactly. And then finally, what does the future hold for you? I know we spoke before we came came live about your coaching now. You're you're in a college. I say college. I'm in American university yeah, in yeah, Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what's next for you? Um, I mean, at the moment, I'm just kind of doing everything to be honest. Like I coach, um, just like twice a week. Um, love like the kids I coach. They're like just starting diving, so it's really just get them to love the sport that's kind of what it is um which is so fun um, and I do that mainly for enjoyment to be honest um I'm at university which is really nice to just switch off from diving so that again I have like I really enjoy learning I've always loved school really enjoy it um and diving still I don't even know how many hours a week 28 hours a week as well so there's there's not a lot of time for much else um but yeah and also I live in London so I live in I would say one of the best cities in the world and um, pop off to the theatre when I can when I get yeah. rush tickets so yeah it, it's a much more balanced life than I led probably two three years ago um and I'm just really enjoying it really enjoying it brilliant Grace thank you so much for coming on I appreciate your time and uh, this has been fantastic for me and I wish you all the best in the future and hope to see you in the next Olympics. Thanks so much. It was really nice chatting to you. Brilliant. Thank you, Grace. Thanks.